Hello, everybody, and welcome to our fourth installment of Talk of the Titans, the official podcast of the Scottsdale Titans. We are really excited today. We've had the coaches on. We've had our director of public relations on. And today we're super excited to finally get a player in, and we're super excited also to have a new co-host on. His name is Dominic Bravo, so I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to him so he can introduce himself and tell him a little about himself. I'm Dominic Bravo. I went to NAU for a few years. I was part of the broadcasting team. I had my own radio show called Double Double. And then I also did play-by-play for men's basketball, or basically all high school sports and a few college sports. I was top five out of 3,000 contestants for play-by-play men's basketball. So I do have a good history in um, broadcasting and play-by-play. So, and I'm, I've always like kind of like wanted to ha- start a podcast. We had a few opportunities in podcasts, but always wanted to do one. And we have an opportunity to with the Titans and we are joined by Tommy. What a not, uh, how would you say your last name again? <laughs> what Tommy? What Tommy? Yeah. It's like, yes. the pre- like we've had a lot of, so when I did a, uh, play-by-play for, um, we had a lot of paid, we did page, we did, uh, a few reservations and they all had some like unique names as well. So autonomy, yeah. Tommy autonomy, uh, tell us about yourself, where you're from, how long you've been playing, you know, what's your, you know, how'd you get onto the Titans? Uh, I'm Tommy autonomy. I'm from a small reservation uh, named uh, Wallapai nation. Uh, it's off of the route 66 going towards uh, Las Vegas on the I-40. Um, basketball. I've been playing for, at least 10 years. I never took basketball serious until my high school year. And I was a junior in high school. So I've only been playing organized basketball for two years, which was my junior year and my senior year of high school. And after that, I never played until recently in 2019. And uh, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about taking it serious. It was just something I did for like my off time and spare time and all. But, um, just uh, recently, I seen a t- uh, tryouts for uh, the Titans, and before that, I tried out for like the G leagues and stuff, but um, never really made it. Just made it to the last cuts and stuff, and I made it with the Titans off of uh, just my guard skills, I guess, the pass first and get my like just a facilitator, I guess, pretty much. And um, but I'm taking it more serious than I ever took in basketball before, and on. I can't wait to uh, proceed my professional career with the Titans, and I'm thankful for the opportunity as well. Yeah, just like kind of like we were just talking about, kind of like off E2 is um, you know, I I grew up in a small town. Like I grew up in Kearney, Arizona, which only had like three thousand. Then I looked up the population for uh, Peach Springs, you know the you know the reservation and stuff like that. It's like a thousand people, and so like coming from like a small town like Peach Springs, you know, what was your biggest challenge like playing basketball there, living there, and to like try to get noticed if you were going to try to go on to the next level of playing? Um, I think the hardest thing for me was fighting exposure into the basketball community, especially because like I don't, till this day, I feel like Native Americans really don't know how to find like uh like a traveling team how they do nowadays to find exposure into like bigger tournaments where college coaches and all where they go and because the youth are just uh they're not led into the right direction 
on many occasions. Uh, many of them use drugs and like alcohol. And at a uh, at a young age on the reservation, I feel like we all fall into it, and it's usually around like 12, 13. And uh, my hardest uh, my hardest fight I've ever had was dealing with that in home with my dad, and he had died to uh, cirrhosis, which is a disease, or I don't know what they call it, but it comes from drinking when they drink too much and all. So I had to deal with that in home, and that was like one of the worst things for me while I was trying to be more serious with basketball and all, and it just made everything that much harder because I had to deal with it. I had to deal with it at home and all like that. So I never really understood how like one can fall into that and like lead it to the next generation and all, but I kind of seen it firsthand. So I understand how that is now, but I found a lot of uh, a way to escape reality, which is through basketball. and. I would just play at parks and gyms and ask the recreation staff if they could open the gyms late nights, early mornings, and they were always willing to because they were like, they were like inspired by me as well because everybody on my reservation wants me to do something for my life. And till this day, there's adults that want me to actually proceed with this and they're like, like continue it and all. And I'm hoping that I can get back to my youth and hopefully um, inspire them to become someone bigger than what they are right now with what I'm doing. Yeah, and so like going back to what you were saying, like a lot, like a lot of reservations. I I played against a few reservation schools, like San. I don't know if you heard of San Carlos yeah. reservation stuff like that. They had a really great basketball player. Another sad story named Levi Antonio. I don't know if you ever heard of the name. Yeah. But one of the best basketball players I've ever seen had every D1 offer you could have imagined. And he kind of just turned it down to live like kind of what you were saying on the reservation, yeah. you know, I don't know what he fell into, but yeah, he was extremely good and stuff like that. And then, you know, kind of watching that documentary on Netflix about page basketball, showing oh, like, yeah. the life on the reservation and stuff like that, kind of like giving an insight of how kids, you know, they're, you know, they have high school and then they have basketball into that. And now they're just kind of like going down. So you know, and that kind of leads to my next question. Like every player's kind of had like that defining moment in their playing career, whether it's a certain game or a certain coach that inspires them or a person to compete at the next level. What would you believe that your, what was your defining moment where you're like, you know what, I could actually play at the next level? Um, I don't know if you know, uh, Josh Gray, he plays for the New Orleans Pelicans now. He used to be mm -hmm. on the Northern Arizona Sun G League team. Um, I played against him and I held them. I held them to a pretty good standard, I would say, because, like, like I said, I never took basketball serious until my high school years. And after I graduated, I like had college offers. Like I had Haskell, I had a Bacon, and I had I don't know what the other one was, but just small colleges, you know. And then um, I didn't go because I mean I had a kid and all, and I just decided to be more of a dad, and I was like forget my dreams and all. But I ended up traveling and playing, like, just um, in tournaments everywhere, I guess. And there's a lot of overseas players and, like, um, college players. And, like, I ran into a G League player as well that was playing in the, the native tourney. Trails is what they call them. Mm -hmm. And that was my most defining moment. And uh, it was just that uh, I wasn't working out and all that stuff. And I wasn't shooting or hooping or none of that. And I was still hanging with them in the – so that was my most defining moment that I knew I could be something for myself. And I, like, it's not, I'm not trying to 
do it for anybody, you know, like I want to do it for myself in hopes that I can leave people out of where they're at right now. Just be a, not an inspiration, but someone who drives people to be a better like um, self for them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that is going back, you know, uh, I was telling Rob, uh, Robert earlier, but you know, you have your own YouTube channel, you know, AZ Kids Have, and you know, what's your biggest driving, you know, force and goal for that channel? Well, that that was to uh, find exposure for myself to get into a professional team actually and like um one time i was playing in uh, utah yeah i was playing in utah in fort Duchesne, and uh this elderly man came up to me and he was just like your medicine like a good person like your medicine for the people and all that and then i never understood until we made it to championship and then that's when he finally like broke it all down he was like you know like you because i play with a lot of aggression and like a lot of expression I guess and um I guess he liked it and everybody liked it and so like I just wanted to be like people to see that I come from a small world a small small world small reservation with like a little population like you know you know you did your background and everything on me or while my tribe um I just wanted to let them know that like there is serious people in the tribes who actually are trying to make it, but they get overlooked most of the time because we don't, one, for we don't got money, we don't got education money. I mean, we could do like scholarships and all, but there is seriousness where I come from. And I'm just, I'm willing to sacrifice what I have to to get to where I want to, as long as it's like going to be good for me in the end or like it's going to be worth it within that trial to the end. Yeah, and you can kind of see, like, your passion, you know, like, um, I don't know, do you know who Patrick Beverly is? But Patrick Beverly, yeah. you know, he's been, you know, has a chip on his shoulder. He's He plays with a lot of passion. And, you know, would you say, like, a driving force like that is what inspires you to play? Like, having that driving force where, you know, hey, people doubt me and, you know, they don't think I'm going to, like, you know, I can't compete. And then that just drives you even more to play with that passion to inspire other people, you know, teammates and other people in your community. Yeah, uh, but I mean, my mentality would probably come from Kobe, you know, and uh, Russell Westbrook, but I do love Pat mm -hmm. Beverly. Like, that guy is insane. But I, I do love uh, Kobe the most. Like, that's what's driven me ever since everything that happened, like, even with his passing and stuff, like, that motiva motivated me to just go ahead and do it because he came straight out of high school. So I was like, I got only mm -hmm. high school background, you know, so I was like, I'm just as good as anybody on the court when it comes down to it. And there's no less or more on the court you know just what you do during like conditioning workouts and stuff like all that's gonna show but i'm doing it so i don't know we're all equal on the court to me so yeah no really big advantage so um coming like to the big advantage what is the biggest potential you see in the titans you know as far as like is, is it a certain play style or is it you know just a certain like advantage the titans will have you know this is their first year you guys are trying to make a name for yourselves um, I'm not cocking anything, but the biggest advantage they got right now is me. <laughs> I, uh, I run a run and gun style <laughs> and, it, and it's just like, whatever I'm going to do, they're going to follow me. If I'm running, if I'm talking, if I'm playing aggressive, they follow me. And I've seen it with all these little runs that we got. I haven't lost to nobody yet, by the way. So I know my play style works because mm -hmm. as long as I'm leading them right now, I feel like we're going to be good, but I do feel like the people that do have the college experience and like overseas experience on the team right now, that's the biggest advantage that we got overall because I mean, say if I fail, like we can fall back on them and they can lead us in the right direction and all.
Yeah, just like what you were alluding to, like in that documentary about Paige, you know, they, they defined it as res ball, just a run and gun, organized yep. oil machine, just, just res ball, just up and down. And that's what you're going to bring to the Titans. Yes, exactly. Cool. Robert? Yeah, that's, uh, I can't relate to that. In, uh, in Puerto Rico, we call it, it's uh, called a, a guerrilla, where like everybody just goes to the park and like there's not really a whole bunch of organization, but we're going to hustle and we're going to bust our ass and we're going to try to score all the points and we're going to defend you. Like, it's running around. So, um, you have something that I believe is going to be essential to this team, and it's, uh, it's kind of like heart. It's that scar tissue you got, you know? You've been through things that uh, a lot of people haven't been through before, and these kind of things, people think like, oh, yeah, people go through this, and then, you know, you get over it and you keep going. But, you know, people know that these things last for years. Maybe some people don't ever forget things that happened to them, but these are things that also drive them to do better. How do you think your drive is going to turn this team and take them to the next level, like just on a whole competitiveness-wise? Well, for one, it's uh, I feel like if you have a leader who knows how to get over a wall or like say like wins and losses, it all counts when it comes to the season. So I feel like it's someone who knows how to lead after losing and lead more in like a losing game, I guess. That would like, which would be me. Like, if I'm losing, I don't really care because I feel like we can get them buckets back, or I feel like I'm that aggressive to lead my teammates. And right now, I know we're just starting to get to know each other, but I have a really big drive for leading my teams in the most corrupted or like most, uh, like, say we're losing games, I guess. Like, I have this drive to where I will take over myself. And I will, I mean, I can't make everything happen by myself, but I feel like the ball is better if it's in my hands and if I'm making the plays and stuff. Like, that's my drive right there because I know I can get what I want. And I never play professionally, but I feel like I'm going to be, like, a problem in the free – I'm going to be a problem in the ABA, and I know it, and I feel it. That's uh, – I think that's super important. The fact that you have that confidence level going in here is something key and something that you could probably, like – contagion onto the other people on the team because these days confidence will take you a long way. You may not have the best talent, you may not have the best shot, you may not have anybody, but if you're feeling it and you're going on, you're gonna you're just gonna go with it. Um, I was reading up on your profile and said uh, you do a lot of landscaping and you dedicate a lot of your time to working and doing that. And uh, Yeah, we're here right now. <laughs> I can see it. Um, my, I come from a landscaping family my dad was a landscape uh, architect licensed in California and Texas and did all that stuff. So um, I know it's a very, very, very hard work. And, you know, yeah. people think it's like just, oh, anybody can do it. But no, yeah, anybody no. can do it. But it's not the same thing as doing it right, doing it efficiently, uh, getting things done, the, the heat and the, like just everything you go through. What are these long hours and this discipline? I think that's amazing. I think that's going to be another awesome translation into the court when you go onto the court. Um, people are not going to want to like get in your way, right? Yeah, uh, landscaping, landscaping is the hardest job I ever had, but I like it because it beats on me. And I got like the best crew leader over here. He's <laughs> yeah. like, he takes a lot of pressure off of us and like he leaves us and like, I kind of feel like I know how to maintain my, like not condition, but like I know how to maintain like the heat and all the work that we're doing. I don't move too fast, move too much, but I know how to like stay on pace so we can get something done at least 
But uh, yeah, landscaping is more of my workout all day. So all I do is run and run and run after work. <laughs> so being the point guard, you kind of like, you're the leader on the court, you're taking the game. What do you want everybody's mindset and attitude to be day one going in um, practice, tryout, not tryout, but practice training camp? Um, going into, if I, I don't want them to ever think that uh, someone's working harder than them. I want them to be the person that knows within themselves that they are working themselves and that it's just a competition between you if you're gonna be uh, working on your craft. But as once we all come together and we know that we outworked ourselves and all that and that we was pushing hard, that we're gonna be, we're gonna be good. And I hope that if one leader is kind of slacking that we have someone else who can lead. I just want everyone to be together as one, to be honest. We want to be on the same pace, get the role going, hopefully get some dubs this season. How important do you think it is for everybody to understand how much of an opportunity and privilege, if you would, to be in this opportunity right now, to be a part of this new expansion team of the Scottsdale Titans? Um, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of them, but to me, the opportunity is freaking insane because, I mean, I only paid $25 to try out. I'm used to paying 150 200 250 for tryouts. And, like, the way they, like, invited us in and the way they just, like, keep in contact with us, like, this is, like, the most amazing experience I've ever had. They make you feel welcome. They make you feel wanted. They keep you, like up to date with things and how we got our communication ways with through these apps and how we're doing like these zoom things like this is as real as it gets and i i just wish that the people that did have the opportunity that aren't on the team now that uh, i wish that they would have took like the advantage of it because like you're not gonna get this anywhere else man and i've heard it from people like well it's never been like this overseas or it's not like this when you're going over here and i'm just like i really love it and it's like the greatest experience and i'm I love that I feel welcomed and we all connect as one and yeah. Awesome, I, I can feel that man. And then um, what I really want to get to now, what we're really excited about, we want to know about is um, what are you doing with the kids? When did this all start and what, what programs and stuff are you doing with the kids now? Um, well, we just got our, well, we just lost our gyms again, but I mean, uh, we were doing 6 a.m. runs, but it had to change to 5.30 because I started working. So I get up at like five now and I got to leave the house by like six. Some. So um, now we only do a run twice a week. So it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. We'll do a 5.30 a.m. run at the track at the football field in Chino Valley. And um, now it's just, I just send them messages like hey this is today's workout like maybe some ball dribbling skills some conditioning maybe a couple like not a couple but 100 push-ups 100 sit-ups 100 air squats some jumping jacks and all that type of stuff like i it's just gotten so uh crazy lately with the covid it's just ruined everything so now like i was asking them to like volunteer their time for me but now it's just like here's your workout do it if it's this important to you if you want to be some and it's, just, it's important you say that because I kind of wanted to get that point because you are pretty self-made. You didn't have much given to you at all and you had to work for what you wanted. And although, like you said, there's not a lot of opportunities, not many places to get away to, like you're having an issue, like how, where are you going? Like there's not many places you can get away to in your situation. It's like, how much is it on you to be able to control your emotions and control your mind and be able to break through this 
and how much is it on you and not so much blaming other people for where you're at? Um, see, uh, I grew up with anxiety and depression since I was about nine. So I, you know, I've learned to breathe, relax, pick out what's more important, let go of what's not important, control my own feelings. Don't let anyone else get to you. Like, don't let anyone control your feelings. On the court, you will never see someone make me mad. It will be because of me, my own mistakes and stuff. I don't care about nobody else. They can give me up, say whatever they want, you know. But as long as I know I'm doing what's right, I'm doing it the right way, I'm going to get to where I need to be. Then so like, before this whole COVID started, take us through like a, a normal day of what, would, what you would do with these kids. And how many kids that, did you have participating at the time? How many were actually taking time out of their day to do it? Okay, so I'd wake up at 5.30 and get my own workout in so that I can leave them at 6 a.m. And then we would do our workouts after that. I mean, this is before I was working. And after that, my next workout would be from 9.30 to 10.30 with ball handling. After that, it was like 2.30 p.m. to like 4. I go to the track for conditioning. And then I would do some uh, like some hit workouts on the football field. I'd come back home. And then at 6 p.m. to maybe 8 p.m., I'd go to the park of the gym, get at least 1,000 shots up with everybody. Like 1,000 shots, Mr. Mink. So going back to how you said, like, there was a few players from the overseas, like, you were looking to kind of, like, like, learn from and stuff like that. Well, what's the biggest thing you want to learn from them coming from, like, a different background? Like, you know, they actually, you know, they played overseas and stuff like that. You came from high school. Obviously, you made it, you know, or they're, you're at the same level they are. But what's one thing you want to learn from them? Like, is there a certain move you want to learn from them or how they were able to, you know, make that jump to overseas? I want to see how much, no, I want to learn how much they sacrificed and how much they did give up to get the opportunity to go overseas. I want to learn how they, like, how they maintained, like, their bodies, how they rehab, how they work out, how they learn to just take a day off, or if they take days off at all, how they were able to just be comfortable being, like, thousands of miles away from home. Like, I want to, I want to learn the, like, lot like but I know right now my most important thing is learning the game learning the pace and just being like dominant on the court after that I want to know what they do outside of the gym you know and then after that I want to know how do they find how do they find like living in another country different with a different language different foods like I don't know that's that's what I want to learn though so um I guess we'll go ahead and start and winding it down. Um, first of all, I'm kind of curious. I want to walk me through a G League tryout. How was that experience? It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was like an eight-hour tryout. No kidding. Like from the minute you woke up to like you left, what was the experience like? Like what'd you do? Uh, I had anxiety attack at six thirty in the morning that woke me up, <laughs> and I was sweating and. I remember I got there and I was already like, I was already warmed up. Like my body was sweating. Like I was, um, no lie, bro. I had sweat on my shirt at all. And I get on the court, I'm looking at everybody. Once again, I'm the only person there with high school background. Everyone's like five years overseas or like G League trials. Had a guy from Texas who was on the Spurs team come from the G League and all. Um, the experience was freaking insane to see how conditioned they were and how strong they were, how, like, how much communication they had, how they understood each other's, like, clicking together, like, really fast. 
but just to be in a gym where the people who come from the bottom to get to where they are now is was just the, like the most amazing thing to like ever go through ever experience and just see them all be there too was like the greatest moment of my life like I felt like I belonged you know like it was like the most amazing thing like the height and everything went out the window I was the shortest dude in the gym like it just all went out the window and I was just ready to make the impact that I did and I did you know like I give my all as usual and I made it to the last cuts at 3 30 p.m and that was the day you know the told us to give us a call if they wanted anyone to come back and try out again or if they wanted us to go to the training camp and all like I was ready you know like I was praying that I got the opportunity and stuff but it's all in God's hands and everything went a different way and I'm glad it's going this way I'm starting from the bottom again and I'm willing to do what I'm doing now that's awesome that's a great story man it's a great story that hopefully motivates a lot of younger people like you're trying to do to step up get out their house and start doing things and make moves for themselves so yeah couple little last questions um what would be um your message to William and Malika in this whole process and becoming part of the Scottsdale Titans a message <laughs> I don't know man I don't really have to be honest <laughs> it's just more of a I'm here now man and I'm ready to make the biggest impact that their this organization's ever gonna have to be honest all right. Like, awesome. I really don't have much more to say about that. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> question, though. More. That was a good question, though. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, just things maybe like, because now's your time. Whatever you want to say, people like, if there's anything like right now, you have anything you want to say to the team, a message to the team, a message to the community, like just now's your time to kind of do you and say what you want to say and give the community and let everybody know who Tommy is. I just want to, well, I would just like to say thank you to Scottsdale for letting us be there, you know, in their little town, little city. And just thank you to the owners and thank you to y'all for interviewing me and getting this podcast going. Like y'all real cool, real chill. And um I just wanna I mean I hope my teammates are ready because I'm ready to make everything happen this season. Not me by myself, but us. I don't know. I'm just ready to get the season started, get it going, see what the flow's like and get with it. Another big thank you to Tommy Watanomi. We're super excited with all the things that he's going to bring to the team this year. We're super excited for his skills and what he's going to bring to the court. That heart is going to be something else. Such a great story. Again, another awesome thank you to Dominic Bravo, our new co-host here on Talk of the Titans. Great job. Great show today. We're super excited for shows to come up. We're going to have a lot more players, a lot more of our front office to come in and give us insight on what's happening on Talk of the Titans. So everybody tune in to our future episodes. It's going to be a lot of fun. For Talk of the Titans, this is Bobby. Thank you very much.